1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen. Because
1: it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man.
0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm ready to get this going. Let's do this. That's right. It is time for some ball talk, baby. Orange and little white ones. Mm. This is fun. Big and small balls. That's right. Rubber and leather. (laughs) Did we just take this to some BDSM shit? (laughs) Oh shit! Sorry about that. Anyways, here we go. Let's get into it with the NBA records for those last weeks. The Nets went two and one. The Heat went two and one. Wizards two and two. Bucks four and zero. Oh, Bulls two and three. Hornets three and one. Knicks two and two. Hawks three and one. Celtics went two and two. Cavs one and two. Sixers one and two. Raptors one and three. Pacers two and two. Pistons zero and five. And the Magic went zero and four. This last week, the Warriors went four and zero. The Suns five and zero. Jazz two and two. Mavs one and two. Clippers two and two. Lakers three and two. Blazers one and two. Wolves three and one. Grizzlies two and two. Nuggets zero and three. Kings two and two. Thunder zero and three. Spurs one and two. Pelicans two and two. And the Rockets two and one.
1: What? No way. A
0: two-game winning streak, bro. We get to talk about that sort of. Yikes. <laughs> So the standings. Do we have to? Oh. Well, kind of. Alright, let's do it. So in the standings, as it sits now, the Nets are on top of the Atlantic Division at 14-6. The Knicks are right behind them at 11-9. Three games back. The Celtics are 11-10. Three and a half back. The 76ers are 10-10. Four games back. And the Raptors are 9-12. Five and a half back. In the Central Division, the Bucks and Bulls are tied on top of the division at 13-8. The Cavs are 10-10. and 10. The Pacers... Are nine and thirteen, four and a half back in the Cavs are two and a half back. Sorry, I kind of blit scraped that one. Pistons are four and sixteen, eight and a half back in the Southeast Division. The Heat and Wizards are tied at thirteen and seven. Hornets are thirteen and nine in the game back. The Hawks are eleven and ten, two and a half back. The Magic are four and seventeen, nine and a half back in the division. Out West in the Northwest Division, the Jazz lead the division at thirteen and seven. The Blazers and Wolves are both. 10-10, 3 games back. The Nuggets are 9-10, 3.5 back. And the Thunder are 6-13, 6.5 back. In the Pacific Division, the Warriors are 18-2, still leading that division. But making uh, making a little difficult for their lead, the Suns are up to 17-3 in a game back. The Clippers are 11-9, 7 back. The Lakers are 500 at 11-11 with 8 games back. The Kings are 8-13, 10.5 back in the Southwest the Division the Mavs are 10-8. and eight. The Grizz are 10-10, one game back. The Spurs are 5-13, five, and 13, five get back. Pelicans are 5-17, seven back. And the Rockets now have three games on the win column and 16 losses and seven and a half back. <laughs> Try to hype up the Rockets a little bit, man, but it's hard. Yeah, they sputter out and go... But we do have some... Off-season baseball talk to cover, so let's get into it. Let's get into it, brother. So the Dodgers have watched two key members of their roster leave via free agency thus far this off-season. First off, starting pitcher Max Scherzer, whom the Dodgers traded for at the trade deadline, signed a three-year, $130 million contract with the Mets. I forgot to put that on their note. Sorry about that. Scherzer was the best pitcher for the Dodgers after being acquired. He unfortunately suffered from a dead arm, as he stated, which made it difficult for him to pitch in the NLCS. Meanwhile, shortstop Corey Seager signed a 10-year, $325 million contract with the Rangers. That's right, the Texas Rangers went big game hunting, apparently, this offseason for at least Corey Seager. The Dodgers were probably concerned over his health as Seager has missed some time, while in the big leagues, but he has been the model of consistency in the postseason, which did garner him World Series MVP in 2020. Sieger will be missed in the locker room. The Scherzer losses big blow to the starting rotation for the Dodgers, who have now lost him, will lose Trevor Bauer, and the health of Clayton Kershaw is a huge question mark right now. Cooper, your thoughts on the Dodgers getting...
1: Got it. Uh, they're shellacked right now, dude. Their their pitching rotation is is shite. And uh, Clayton Kershaw is probably on the chopping block as well. Here we'll see eventually. So.
0: Yeah, because word is we're not sure yet uh, whether or not he's going to need Tommy John surgery. And if he does, we can already just cancel out 2022. Um, for his season. It
1: makes you wonder, is he just going to
0: retire and just call it good? Cause, I mean, he doesn't really have anything left to prove, right? honestly, so I could see him go ahead and just retiring. Um, You know, he might even just not sign a contract with anybody, take the whole year off, worry about it, get his elbow back, and, you know, come back in the next offseason. Um, Dodgers, of course, will be a team very much interested in bringing him back if he's healthy enough, and also... Do kind of what um, Verlander did earlier this offseason. He, you know, he had a pitching performance in front of, what was it, I think said, like 22 team reps. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually signed back with Houston. So the Dodgers, if he decides to go that route, can, um, you know, try again in 2023 with uh, Kershaw. But, yeah, the rotation has really been hit strong. I mean, you still got Bueller. Julio Reyes is now going to have to freaking get used to pitching deeper into games. Mm-hmm because that's what a starting pitcher is supposed to do for you' He's supposed to pitch beyond yeah. a six innings you're really wanting him to try to get to seven if you can't eight and then give it to the re, uh, to the closer not have to just go here's five here's six, here's four, here's six here's five or you know that yeah. kind of thing you want him to go deeper into a game uh, that way you can keep your bullpen. Um, better rested so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Dodgers obviously losing Scherzer is a big blow Seager's a big blow definitely in the locker room I know how much he's valued in the clubhouse everybody loves um, Seager but the Dodgers getting Trey Turner in that trade with Scherzer kind of had that as a backup option because Turner still has a year left on his contract so yeah he'll be back as a Dodger obviously um, and he can just slide over from second to shortstop. Yeah. Though I was kind of hoping we can see uh, Seeger slide over from short to third because Turner's kind of done defensively. Just saying. I love JT. We love Animal. But defensively, he's not the same.
1: No, and uh, that's what sucks when, you know, you get older and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you've had so much, so many games on you and you just – It is what it is, but he's still an awesome freaking player. Um, Can hit like no other dude. Oh, yeah. When he's on, he's on.
0: But, unfortunately, the glove is not going to warrant him enough time. um, Unfortunately. uh, In the starting lineup. All right. In a unique move, the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays locked in the rising star shortstop, Wander uh, Wander Franco, to a 11-year $182 million deal. This came on the heels of the team holding off calling Franco up early in the season to a certain point, which automatically pushes arbitration eligibility out another year. However, when he did finally get the call up, he hit the ground running as he became an instant star on that roster. The contract is very team-friendly. Therefore, unless the team just suddenly turns trash, uh, Franco should be in Tampa for the majority of the deal. Cooper, your thoughts on Tampa actually signing a star long-term?
1: I mean, that's good for the Rays, dude. And this is showing that they are ready to build and they are ready to become who maybe they once were, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. a good ball club. So
0: Yeah, uh, this was very good, um, not only for Wander. I mean, it's a little less money than you would think a guy, but but he is 20, so that kind of is part of the reason why you could do this. So I was a little surprised about that the money that was a little surprising to me but the fact that the rays are now putting a team together a long-term plan not just a short-term plan where now you're kind of putting it on the city and on the fans we're gonna try to build a consistently you know title hunt team you need to come here otherwise we're gonna try to push through with our plan of doing half our games in Tampa And half our home game's up in Montreal. And possibly, we could lose the team to Montreal down the road. If the city can't get something together on a new stadium because um, Tropicana Field or whatever the hell it's called now, I don't even know who sponsors it anymore, um, obviously is not a quality um, baseball stadium anymore.
1: Yeah, man. It's it's unfortunate and we're going to... We're going to hate to see them go if they go, but if they have to, they have to.
0: I have to look into it more because I don't know if the Glazers own the Rays or not, but I would think their best bet would probably try to work out a deal with the Glazer family to help try to build maybe a stadium near where, you know, Tampa Bay's um, football stadium currently is. Maybe that might help something out because you got to do something. because um, That's going to be – a heartbreaking uh, for Tampa just to only now have the hockey team and the football team even though oh, yeah. this is more really of a football town area yeah. not just town but area um, so <clears throat> so it might not be too bad I guess for them they might feel if they lose out on um, the race but it would just you, you work so hard to get that expansion team and then to kind of lose it like that is kind of disheartening alright so, some CBA items have been leaked from the negotiations, and they were some head scratchers. Uh, playoff expansion was the first item, and now the league office would like to have seven teams from each league with the top seed receiving a wild card buy, while teams two through seven would face off in a three game series at the team with the best ranking hosting all three games. Uh, C2 basically would pick between the bottom three wild card teams who uh, they want to host. Then C three picks the uh, then picks a team. Then C four faces the remaining team. So basically, C four is the top wildcard team, who is not um, one of the cho- chosen teams because they will get to face the remainder of the three teams below them.
1: Very interesting, man. Very interesting.
0: I kind of got their point. They're trying to make it where you can have less teams wanting to tank because obviously more playoff positions available. Yeah. The more likely teams are going to try to vied for those spots. However, the main concern with a lot of general managers and even some players: what about the teams that are like well, other than if you know for, other than the fact if you let's say like the Giants and the Dodgers going at it like they just did in the NL West, trying to get the best record in all of baseball to get that number one seed. After that, teams are kind of like watching that, kind of going, okay, well, we're not going to catch them. We're probably more likely going to be a three seed anyways or whatever. Not a three seed, but, you know, um, a four seed at best. Maybe we'll just – or a five seed at best because, you know, because obviously the, they're still going to have the same playoff rule with their terrible ranking system. Or seeding system is they might just coast into the playoffs rather than actually make an effort to improve their chances.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a double edged sword on this one, dude. I'm, we'll see what happens with it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be weird, and I kind of wouldn't mind not seeing this one make it through. <laughs> Alright, the second item is a draft lottery lottery similar to what the NBA has. However, the lottery would be just for the top three picks rather than all lottery eligible spots. Once the top three spots are then selected, then the rest of the draft will be record-based. And will be hopes that this will deter teams from trying to tank. Uh, just as they hope the playoff expansions we just discussed will elevate perennial 75 win ball clubs to try to push towards 80 to 85 wins and sneak into the back end of the playoffs. I kind of get it, but the problem with that is, just the same as it's been with the NBA, is what if, for whatever reason, the Yankees have a down year, end up in the lottery, and they get a top three spot? You're going to hear a lot of people thinking that it's rigged. Yeah. Yeah, That's the problem.
1: I guess I can see that, and then not only that, it's not going to deter anybody from tanking. No. If you're going to tank, you're going to tank. That's just flat out it. Brand- I mean, look at the rockets. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's they're tanking, the, and the they're still kind of tanking. biggest example there that we could have of, like, hey, you guys should be doing better, but you guys still aren't trying to do shit. Right. And it doesn't matter because you know the way the NBA draft is set up, it doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna get a good pick. So it's like, what the hell. Yeah. And cause... if it, if MLB does the same
0: thing, then it's, it's kind of fucked up. All right. I mean, at least I get their point because the NBA recently did adjust their lottery rankings. Were basically. The worse you did, the better you had chance for like a. I think it was top five. They might have shrunk it down to top three themselves, but basically it was still lottery based between that. After that, mm-hmm. um, the three. I think no, yeah, it was basically the three bottom teams had the same chance as, as as each other to get the number one seed, the same odds. So and but then the rest was still draft lottery. Um, whereas MLB is giving basically a little bit of an edge for having the worst record, you know the second best odds as the second worst record, and then the third best odds with the third worst record. But then after that, it's just things completely by order. So, but like I said, though, as soon as the Yankees have one down year and end up in the top three in the lottery, people are gonna scream that it's rigged, just like they have for the NBA. Yeah, man, it, it's it's uh, Just saying, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be pretty if you go that route. That's why I kind of think the NFL tried so hard to stay away from the lottery, because I mean, think about it. It, I mean, look at, let's look at the Patriots last year. If there was a draft lottery and somehow New England got into wherever the draft lottery positioning puts them in towards a high pick. And they could have had a choice of quarterback rather than just happen to settle for Mac Jones because he, fe- they fe- he fell all the way to them. I guarantee a lot of people will be screaming because they already know their history of cheating. Yeah. They're screaming that the NFL draft is then rigged. Yeah. Just saying. So that's why the NFL, I think, tries to stay away from it. And I think that's fine because if it's, I guess it's easier to quote-unquote not tank in football because a few games and you're right back in the playoff hunt instead of a long really long season where you actually do have to really try to lose and basically they do by trading away talent and also putting out questionable um, starters and backups out on the field all the time
1: yeah
0: or court in, in case of the NBA so it's definitely going to be interesting. Just see how the CBA goes, Um, they do have until midnight on December 1st to figure out if they're going to be ready to go or there will be a lockout beginning December 2nd. All right, so ready for some NBA news, sir? Let's get it, bro. So from the diamond to the hardwood, here we go. Big news out of Houston. A two-game win streak for the Rockets! But we're actually going to talk about something else. (laughs) We're going to discuss the possible return of point guard John Wall to the rotation. Wall and the Rockets organization have agreed to keep him out of the rotation while hoping to develop a trade. The team wanted Jalen Green and Kevin Porter to get as much playing time as possible, all the while Wall has been wanting to start for the team. Wall and the team officials have been meeting recently as Wall wants to play, which could help his trade stock if he plays, but the team is still hesitant as Wall wants to start still. Experts wonder if Wall be, would be willing to take the Derrick Rose role that he does for the Knicks where he starts, quote-unquote, but most of his minutes are coming off the bench still. So basically he'll play like a few minutes to start the game then go sit for a little while while Kemba Well, Kimba was playing, but Kemba's actually been removed from the rotation for a little bit because he's been struggling. Um, and then he'd play heavy minutes technically off the bench. So. Yeah. Uh, Cooper, what are your thoughts on that? Be interesting to see what happens with this.
1: I think if the man wants to play, let him play. Um, but they they need to come up with a game plan on on um, how they're going to go about this and mm-hmm. what best fits
0: him and best suits the team. Yeah, because like I said, I think it would actually help his trade stock, and maybe you can get something for him because basically at this point you're basically looking at the um, what they call it whatever they were calling it with the last year I'll think of it later I'm sure um, <laughs> basically where they kind of basically do the cut pay most of his contract to him and then he goes off and clears waivers and then um, people pick him up whatever they were doing that's how we got uh, Drummond last year and Aldridge went to the Nets who we're about to talk about here in a little bit anyways but um, you know that kind of thing Um, because that's basically at this point where it's looking like it's headed. But if you want anything for him, you better play him so that way teams can see
1: that he's
0: healthy and in shape. You can't do it if he's just sitting there like this, arms folded, sitting there watching his team up and down the court in street clothes. You can't judge him on that. And you can't judge his health. You can't see if hey, are you actually going to stay healthy this year? And this, that, and the other. And it's just yeah. you got to do something. Um, but walls also got to be amendable too. So that's the other thing. Well, then we'll see what happens with it. It's, yeah,
1: it's uh, it's yeah.
0: They got to play their young guys. That's basically how it's going to go. They got to play the young guys, get them um, experience and all that. All right, the Milwaukee butt but but, but, but. Bucks have bounced back nicely and have gotten back into the thick of the central division. And now help will be on the way in the form of DeMarcus Cousins. The talented big man comes in to provide some nice minutes off the bench where he can pick up some boards and be a pain in the lane on defense. He's also he can also step outside and not clog the lane for Giannis who is a talented lane driver. Cousins' ability to pick and pop also sets up nicely for him and for him whether it be with Giannis or Drew Holiday. This may be a low-risk, high-reward deal that will go under the radar during the season, but be huge in the postseason. Cooper, your thoughts on this pickup for the Bucks, and also Ooh. getting back into the race in the Central Division? Yikes! Yeah, Yikes. The,
1: the league better watch out because the uh, the Bucks are coming, man.
0: Mm-hmm. They're coming back,
1: and they're gonna they're gonna get some people.
0: As they say, the cream always rises to the top, and they're starting to
1: get it back together. Yeah, man, uh, Demarcus Cousins—he's—he's he's pretty
0: badass. And uh, to put him with with Giannis, oof, yeah. oof. the only down thing ever been for Demarcus has been his health. Yeah. If he has stayed healthy, I honestly believe you could consider him Hall of Fame worthy. Because he has that kind of talent as a big man. Because he can board. He can score. He can—he has a good passing game. He's, he's kind of a better shooting smaller Shaq in that aspect. Because Shaq had good ball handling skills for a big man. He had good passing skills as a big man. He just had no jumper shot and couldn't shoot free throws to save his life. Yeah. <laughs> but he was dominant on the inside. DeMarcus Cousins had been dominant on the inside. But also can move outside. Which made him great for this type of NBA game that it is now, which is basically you need a big man who can step out to at least 15 feet to clear some room for your guys who are, in Giannis's case, really good guys who can take it to the paint, and you know, and also someone who can play a pick and pop. Pick and pop is one of the easiest um, plays that you can do, where basically you run a screen, the guys all collapse on the guy who just. Um, got past the screener, you turn around, pass it back out to the guy who just hit the screen, and boom, easy two or three points, depending on you know where you set up the screen. Um, and so I, that's where it's it's going to be if Cousins is healthy and gets the chemistry going. That's why I said it's probably under the radar in the season because we're already kind of, you know, we're about a month into the season now, pretty much. So it's kind of like, oh, we got to start building chemistry, but man... Once it clicks, look out, especially after the All Star break, because that's when teen, these kind of moves really start to click is after the All Star break. So. Oh yeah, it's gonna be interesting to watch, dude. <laughs> yeah. So if we get a cut, if we get a healthy Cousins, oh boy. Yeah. I don't want to see Milwaukee. <laughs>
1: no, Milwaukee, go away. Give me your beer and go away.
0: But. But. There's something else going on. Out East. After a clean bill of health and much-needed rest from last season, Lamarcus Aldridge has been inserted into the starting lineup as he builds back to basketball shape. The move also put the move also put Griffin out of the starting lineup and out of the rotation overall for the Nets. Griffin was a bit of uh, was a bit shocked being completely left out of rotation, but understood the starting lineup move as Aldridge has been playing pretty much lights out since. Uh, getting inserted into the starting lineup, and recently of late too, the Nets have uh, moved up to the top seed in the Eastern Conference and appear to be clicking, despite missing Kyrie Irving as well as Joe Harris being out with an injury. So Cooper, how do you feel about the Nets? Go,
1: go Nets, man! Especially without Kyrie, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty awesome that they're still holding it together. They're still only down, and Lamarcus Aldridge, whew, that's awesome. Having him back. Griffin, I can... Eh, I don't know. I, I've never really looked at him like he was even that
0: great anyways. I've never really cared for him, but it is what it is. Yeah. He was the flashy dunker big man. He wasn't yeah. the overall talented big man that he really could have been, but he didn't really do. Yeah. Um, What I find so intriguing by this is they're still without Kyrie Irving this much animosity in your locker room and you're still on top of the East while you're sitting there seeing the other team in the East that's also dealing with a point guard who's MIA due to whatever mental anguish he's says he's dealing with and I can't understand if he's actually legitimately dealing with it nothing against that if he is but How it's tearing down the Sixers. And yet, the Nets are on top of the Eastern Conference without their star point guard. Well,
1: maybe he's... Maybe... He hasn't been a part of the the team. I mean, because last year he was in and out all year. So, I mean, maybe it doesn't hurt them as bad because they know his antics. They know what he's doing. They... Yeah, and they're
0: like, whatever. We're just gonna keep
1: going without you.
0: You're either here, or you're not. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, with the 76ers is you had Simmons all of last year. You're, I don't know. It just seems odd, though, that even because you were right, Kyrie missed a lot of time due to injury and weirdness with uh, how he was mentally not there in basketball because he was kind of wondering if maybe he should start. Moving on to being a social justice warrior, which, you know, it's commendable. You can do that. Um, so, he's kind of flaky, as it is. But it just seems odd, though, because you still kind of need that leadership out of Kyrie. Yeah, because, because
1: point guard, it runs the, point, it runs the <laughs> yeah. floor. So. And, uh, yeah, I can kind of understand, but I... I I commend the Nets, man. Like, that that's awesome that they're, they're doing what they're doing without him. Yeah, they're
0: really pushing Soon. through, and it's. They're not letting the absence and the distraction of Kyrie be their downfall. They're pushing through it and persevering. Whereas the 76ers, it seems to be their whole identity right now. And they're falling apart. And they're falling apart. So, yeah. we'll see what happens. It just,
1: it just goes to show the difference in the locker rooms and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe the difference in the teams. Maybe they, maybe the Sixers really relied on Simmons. And, and now that he's, you know, not there and he's doing his little antics and whatever to
0: get away from the team. And, you know. Yep. So we'll see what, how this plays out. I and mean, we'll keep you updated as much as we can every, it's just, it's every week. It, so. It's just crazy. It's like a soap opera. It is. It's a fun soap opera, too. All right, man. So that does it for us for baseball, basketball talk. We'll be back again tomorrow as we got some football to cover. Holy crap,
1: baby!
0: We got a lot to cover in the world of football. USC has a new football coach. Oklahoma suddenly doesn't. There's a connection. And the Gators have a new coach. Gators are unofficially, officially with a new coach. They're (laughs) kind of like hinting that they have the coach, but the coach isn't really there yet, but he's kind of there. Also, news out of Oxford, Mississippi, as there's a possibility that their head coach could be heading down to Miami. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. So it'll be fun to talk about.
0: It's going to be very fun to talk about. And also we're going to talk about how a former Heisman Trophy candidate is not going to enter the draft and he's actually going to seek the transfer portal and another chance at redemption. So and plus all the fun stuff from Rivalry Weekend. We had a huge, huge upset and I loved every minute of it. Yes, yes. Oh, thank you, Michigan. We'll talk about that. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and we almost had, we had an actually a very entertaining iron bowl too. We have to talk about. That we did. Yeah. And of course we also have to talk a little bit of bedlam. In Oklahoma. Oh, Ooh. it was Bedlam. And the fourth oldest rivalry game got a little close at the end, but we got what we wanted out of it. Okay, dude. Are, we, are you going to save it for tomorrow? Or are we going to keep talking? Let's keep talking. All <laughs> we'll save it for tomorrow. But, and then, of course, tons of football action in the NFL mm-hmm. to talk about as well. So that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sports big man. Or you can email us at sports talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk, WIT, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.